we here at LaRouge Rugby stand with our Aboriginal brothers and sisters across Canada after the horrific discovery of the 215 children at the former residential school in British Columbia. With Canada's dark history of residential schools once again being brought to the forefront, it is important to stand with the First Nations people and listen to what they have to say. If you feel the need to donate or support this growing cause, the Indian Residential School Survivor Society is a great place to find resources and to donate your time and money. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the LaRue's Rugby Podcast. My name is Dan Murphy, and with me always is Derek Brissett and Stu Hardy. And gentlemen, we are living in misery, the capital of Canada. My gosh, what a horrible, 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 <laughs> no good, bad weekend for sports for Toronto fans. I was going to say, hey, this- listen, the Blue Jays are doing well. Uh-huh. Got to give credit to where credit's due. The Blue Jays are, are absolutely crushing it right now. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., it's absolutely crushing it. Leader in home runs. Um, I was going to say, like, what, what's the – is it, this podcast is just going to be about, like, the season finale of the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, right? Oh, boy. That was that was the only sports thing I feel like I enjoyed this weekend. That was that – was, do you want to continue your tradition, Dan, of talking about a sport that's not rugby first and we can just get, like, the – No, I want to get – I don't want to talk about – No, yeah, no, no, it no, sucked. No. All right. Yeah. The Leafs – As a, new, as a yeah. new fan – They did it again, guys. Yeah, as a new fan – I am disappointed and completely not surprised. Yeah, as a lifelong diehard fan, I am disappointed and also completely not surprised, Stu. That's oh, right. shall we shall we move on to the actual subject of our podcast and Let's talk get about into the it. Canadian rugby? Say, I, Let's rip the band-aid off. Yeah. Let's just get oh, to talk. I rewatched the Arrows game to feel better about the Leafs game. So Ooh, that is like <laughs> That is like uh, is like like stubbing your toe to get rid of the like the bee sting on your arm. No, that's like stubbing your toe to get rid of a broken leg. Like that's maybe not. That's not that bad. The Leafs. The oh man. All right. Shall we talk about guess, what happened in uh, Weymouth then? Where's yeah, that? let's get into it, guys. So the Toronto Arrows uh, in their first matchup against the the, the uh, New England Free Jacks lost. Um. And it was it was a tough pill to swallow, I think, for a lot of fans. The Arrows are now finding themselves kind of at the bottom of the the basement of the Eastern Conference. The loss was fourteen to twelve. Um, Stu, how did you feel about about this game? What did you think worked well? Because let's let's start with a little positivity. Let's you know we we've kind of gone gone into a bummer yeah, starting with the Leafs. Yeah. So let's what was something that was positive with this game? Um, so. In our chat on uh, Facebook, because I obviously wasn't available last week, I was saying that um, the bench looked very strong. 
Uh, I was saying that having um, not Taylor Adams um, coming off was following the uh, Gareth Anscombe, Dan Bigger model of Wales in 2019 of having the I don't want to say like new guy, but uh, the younger, the young blood out there, and then the experience coming off the bench to either see see the race out if you're doing well or um, steer the ship correctly if it's going wrong. And it was going wrong, I think, because uh, by the time Adams, uh, Tuchelette, all those others came on, uh, New England had just scored a try. They'd missed their conversion down by seven points. You know you need to respond quickly. And what happens? Score a try. <laughs> exactly as um, needs to be. Um, also, uh, the thing is, when we make our predictions and stuff like that, we obviously don't know what the team is going to be uh, because that's only announced 24 hours beforehand. But also, we don't know what the weather is going to be like. And I feel like the elements had a big element. This has been a theme of like the last two Arrows games. It's just been um, moisture has just uh, really come into a factor. Obviously, I would and... take the Free Jacks moisture over the Houston moisture any day. <laughs> oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. Houston game looks so... I felt... I was watching that with my dad, and I'm like, I feel so uncomfortable right now watching these guys play rugby. Yeah. It's so gross. They were like 70% humidity. Ugh. Um. Positives in the first half, um, obviously only yeah two penalties down at the, I think it was the 20-minute mark. Um, again, time is a circle because of lockdown and stuff like that. Um, but after being um, like six points down, what happens? Adrian Wadden spots a gap, charges through the giraffe, running towards the line. Uh, first try in MLR. And immediately the conversion happens, Arrows take the lead. So I think both teams played incredibly well. I think the um, elements did come into play for a lot of uh, the time. Uh, Rumble, again, fantastic uh, game as well. I I saw a player just fall into the tackle of Rumble, and I was like, well, this is going to be a turnover. And sure enough, it was. Um but, you know, I also want to give credit to New England. Um, New England now have a perfect home record. Yeah. They're three, they're three from three at the moment. And this is from another team that didn't play any home games in 2020. And I checked the remaining fixtures. They only have one more away fixture the rest of the season. They've, I think they've got a stretch of five games. This was the first one. That away games against the Arrows. Yes, exactly. So I think that they may um, come around as well because they are currently fourth, third. They're higher than the arrows. That's not yeah, everybody. Fourth. Everybody's <laughs> higher against the arrows. That's yeah. In the in the east, in the east, Old Glory's um, fifth. Yeah, Old Glory's fifth. Um, uh, but you know, if obviously like having home advantage comes into play and. Um, I'm guessing against all the Western teams because they've already played. They played Los Angeles in the first week. So they've already suffered from the attack of Los Angeles. So I don't know if any other Western team will be able to get a victory against New England in New England. Maybe they're a team that could be challenging for one of the playoff places as well. And 
You know, obviously, um, got to mention the one Canadian that uh, scored a try um, for New England, which is uh, Captain Canuck, Josh Larson. Um, you know, obviously, uh, using that experience to find the gap, as I said, through gritted teeth at the time. But uh, Good you know, for um, you, Josh. Um, and Bowden Walker, you know, the vice captain. Um, oh, what a boot on him. Like, Again, through gritted teeth and through uh, certain fingers being shown at the television at the time. But uh, ultimately, um, yeah, I think uh, this is a game I would never show to ah. casual fans. Th- this is this is one for the purists. This is, as, this is not to, 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 you get to show everybody your one one game to get them to like rugby. This is not the game. Yeah, this is definitely not the game. You know, like miserable conditions. Um, tense final. The um, refereeing decision at the end, which was a lot of different things all thrown into one, and the fact of that they had to switch camera angles halfway through because the score um, look graphic in the top left hand corner was like covering the ref at the time, so you couldn't tell. Um, but yeah, uh, but I agree. It's a bit of pill to swallow. This is a game that. Um, you'll be thinking of like um, shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? The mm-hmm. Will Kelly's missed penalty, um, the misconversion from uh, Taylor Adams, um, yeah. other penalty opportunities that just going into the twenty-two and not getting anything yeah. out of it. I, I think that um, I think the defense really had a, a good game. I mean, that's you know, you look at some of the arrows worst losses this year and the defense was suspect um mm. and so i think that you know it was pretty strong i mean the free jacks had a lot of handling errors as well because of the weather um but the arrows took advantage of that and turned balls over and and they, were, they had a huge goal line stand before halftime so i was happy to see that um yeah it's uh it, it's really tough to kind of judge this game because if you think about, there was a period of time where where the arrows had a lot of the possession, um, but they just kept on kicking it to the corners. You know, my a part of me goes, and and Derek mentioned it last last episode, and I I tweeted about it from the podcast account is that the arrows were had a clear um, thought process. They were going to kick that ball into touch to try and score tries because they need bonus points like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what the game would have been like if they had just kicked some of those for points. Yeah. You know, like, like, and again, this is all hypothetical. <laughs> you never know. But to me, you, you, you go for, you go for the corner when you already know that like you're, you're closer in the game, like the arrows were, were behind and chasing yeah. for parts of that game. And they were still kicking for the corner, not taking those points. So it, it's, it, it, it was an interesting strategy that uh, was kind of uh, Mr. Brissett already kind of he promoted it last week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I still like, it's not that like, I still agree with them going to the corner. It's just, you know, I feel like everyone, like it just goes of... back to that. It goes back to that opportunities missed. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, but that, but that's what it is though. It's, you know, it's, I thought like everybody, I, I feel like people were kind of maybe too hard on Will Kelly after the game on certain, you know, you know, social media platforms and stuff for missing that kick. And, 
you know, Waka missed kicks too. It's not, you know, throughout the game and stuff. And yeah, like that conversion right, that he missed could have yeah, exactly. like sealed it so, away much. That's the thing. That. It's like, that's why you have to actually do the kick because it's yeah. not a hundred percent. Like, I don't right, think that it, we can, I don't think that we can take away the poor kicking. Like, you know, he didn't no, have a great day on off the tee. Yeah. But, and, and, and I don't think we can take that away just because Waka had a bad game. No, I don't. I don't well, Waka didn't have a bad game, but he 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 wasn't a hundred percent either. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, of course you would like to have that kick. Of course you would like that kick to obviously go through. But you know, I think like there's there's other opportunities. Obviously, that the arrows had. There was a stretch earlier in the game. I think it was around the twenty fifth minute, where it was like they had a five meter lineout. New uh, New England got a penalty. They had another five meter lineout. The ball kind of got held up, was deemed unplayable, so they got a scrum. So they had a five-meter lineout, five-meter lineout, five-meter scrum, three attacking set-piece options, and that ended with Joe Johnston stealing the ball, right? Yeah. So it's like it, you have – that's an opportunity to score points that you didn't come away with. Um, and then obviously, you know, at the end of the game too, and, you know, I the penalty call is, is weird. Um, I don't really – I don't get it. Um, it was weird. It was kind of unclear as to what happened with the call. The De La Vega. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, people I mean, are still, people are still asking about what the clarification was. You kind of wish that the league would say, Hey, this is what the ref called. And then be like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. We especially like, especially with the, the ref mic not working. Yeah. Um, that was an issue as well. Um, but you know, it's, it's un- so there's a little bit of, I think, you know, even, even if that call was right, whatever, he did call and stuff. It's just the lack of clarity is mildly frustrating. Um, yeah. But I think, but, but even at, at the end of the day and stuff, it's like, if you can either, I guess you can maybe look at that as like Della Vega should have scored or could have scored, but you know, it's, it's another opportunity that ultimately they didn't capitalize on either. Yeah. Um, and, but even at that, it was like there, they had a different, line out like a five meter line out the play before that too that again didn't result in points and stuff there's there's multiple parts that you know are just like yeah point the points didn't end up on the board and i think we Um, look back at the houston game and and the houston game yeah we were talking about this as well it's like there were opportunities that they missed they just missed less of them in that game compared to this one yeah, ex- yeah, it and is. And that's that's the sport. That's what rugby's like, right? Like yeah. you're going to have those. Those are two parallels of what happens in a game. Sometimes it is. Sometimes yeah. you get the, the the chances you, you know, the other team or the other team does. Yeah, and like I said, it's like sometimes the weather can be a the great equalizer too, right? Like if yeah, you, that's going to that. be really interesting with the growth of MLR. You know, we want to expand MLR, and people are saying, "Let's go to Phoenix. Let's go to Vegas. Let's go to Miami." That's Let's what, go to like I you know I've heard people talk about wanting to go to color to Colorado. It's like okay again, like, yeah. Go let's like go yeah. back mm. like these Denver, are, Colorado, not uh, not not Glendale. <laughs> um, but um, Aspen Springs rug. To be brutally honest with you, I and this is this is bad as as one of the hosts here. Completely forgot about the Raptors when I was talking about that. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> One year out of the league, they left. They're dead to us. That's that's why. That's why I said it because I knew. We cannot snap them out of existence. We don't care about them anymore. Um, No, but like this, the weather in in America is so unpredictable. 
yeah. that this is going to be something that like you know like in Europe for the most part you can rely it's going to be miserable miserable and rainy and wet and like the pro players there can get used to it like the only That's... place I can think about this would be maybe like like again I don't know enough about France but maybe France. Well, I mean, yeah, southern southern France possibly, but southern France. Even solo, like that's what that's what home field advantage is. Exactly. That's so that, that, that's advantage. my point. Is like the weather in the U.S. and Canada has much more. I th- I think, and again, yeah. this is coming from a Canadian that has only been to, you know, parts of North America. I've never been to Europe or or you know, Ocean, uh, you know, Australia or New Zealand. But from what I've seen in MLR seasons. The, the weather has a much more larger effect and, and with without the, the groundskeepers that other pro leagues have right now, it's going to continue to have that effect yeah. until, you know, the league gets yeah. bigger. It is what, I mean, but the, the, at the end of the day, though, it's like you just got to battle through it sometimes. Yeah, sure. But um, I think, though, Dan, I do completely agree with you. The defense played really well. Um, that goal line stand or from like the 70th to the 73rd minute or so um, was phenomenal. Um, just you know, hit after hit after hit, and eventually Cole Keith uh, forced a knock on on uh, Vili Tolatau, and you know they got that turnover, and ultimately that gave them a chance to win the game because they were able to you know take that back up the field, and you know they ha- they had the chance to win the game, and like we said, maybe you know a bit of a questionable officiating decision at the end, but you know the, it, that's the play that gave them the, the chance, and I think. You look through the rest of the game too. It's like they, they had they tackled at ninety five percent in this game. Um, so it's like you know every everyone's making their hits. Rumble, like Rumble, obviously uh, connecting a lot as he always does. Um, Chiellini had a lot of tackles. Della Vega had a lot of tackles. You know, it's there was um, Ben Lesage, man. That dude's that dude's unreal. Um, especially, uh, he might be one of the best defensive backs in the league. Um, Dougie Fife, I feel like did not do much in this game. Um, he obviously had, he had carries and stuff cause he was the fullback and, you know, a bit of a kicking game being played too at certain points. But, you know, I, I feel like Fife didn't look as dangerous as, you know, the leagues, you know, one of the league's leading try scorers normally looks. Sure. And I mean, you know, ultimately I think it's like the, like the biggest thing I think he did in this game was he probably got a Ben Lesage shoulder shaped bruise on his rib cage, but um, yeah. that's yeah. that's really like that was kind of his, yeah. his a bit of his impact. But um, I thought I thought Lesage was was un, unreal in defense and just like it was, you know, and it, it really is a big like positive for the team too. The lineup looked better. The lineup was way better than oh god yeah yeah that than was New England so much better. Like I think I think that's kind of like. Like, I don't think New England played bad by any stretch or whatever, and I'm not saying they didn't, like, deserve to win the game or anything. But it's like there's a lot of stats that kind of suggest it's like the Arrows could have or should have won this game too. And so, I think that just that just overall adds to the, I guess, the frustration. Frustrations about the loss. Because it's like, I think it, I saw um, – you know what, Stu, go ahead. I'll let you yeah, know. I have uh, – this is kind of a separate thought, so let's hear what you got to jump Because I'm uh, looking over, like, the match statistics, and you look at territory, possession um, – Break down seals. Pretty even. They're all, it's all 50, 50. 50 50, yeah. Yeah. It's, and when even, you look, if, if you don't look at the score from like a neutral point of view, you could say, yeah, 14 12. Yeah. yeah this game could have gone either close. way. Yeah, it's close. It just happened to go it's close. one the, way for one team. Yeah. The arrows had more line breaks. Um, the Free Jacks 
uh, hit the gain line more. Arrows had less turnovers. Um, Arrows had less tackles, but a slightly higher 95% versus 92% for New England. So both teams making their hits. Big defensive effort on both sides. Um, Josh Larson, obviously, he got the man of the match. He was a big part of that for the Free Jacks. Um, Breakdown steals, Stu, as you said, was even. Quick ball percentage, both in the 30s. So, like, um, not... Not a whole lot of quick ball happening in this game, so the the def- both defenses made life miserable for for the offensive attacking team. So it's interesting um, you bring up the 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 quick ball because I wanted to talk to you guys about and this may this comes comes down to what I think needs to be improved. The pace of the arrows offense, I felt had a significant change when Taylor Adams came into the game, and I think that that. And and we I guess we we now know that like Taylor was held out of the last week's game, or against the the SaberCats due to injury, and he was coming off the mm-hmm. bench to kind of ease him back into the game. But I think this kind of shows for right now that in my mind Taylor Adams should be the starting fly half for the Arrows. Oh, he's a hundred percent the starting fly half. Uh, the the, the, the pace in which he plays yeah. a game, and, and again I think that in terms it, of attacking, I think Will Kelly offers some different things like. When I see Will Kelly with the ball, I think he is a much more of a running threat than Taylor Adams. Like Taylor Adams got the jukes, but with Will Kelly's size, like if I'm if he's running at somebody, I have a little bit more confidence that he's going to gain a couple more meters than Taylor Adams. Yeah. Um, I think we're but, now in like this um, awkward, um, like growing period for Will Kelly because you obviously you want to um, have like your strongest starting fifteen, and that at the moment is Taylor Adams. However, you know that the second Adams get injured or he has to be cut off, you have to bring Kelly on. And if he doesn't have experience of playing games, then he's not going to improve. So I think... um, And we've got this weird situation that, and we're going to talk about it, but now Will is part of Canada's expanded roster. And I have a... You've got to assume that he's going to be with them after the roster gets cut as well. So it's like Rugby Canada definitely probably putting the pressure on the arrows and saying please give him as much playing time as possible because we're going to need him if if an injury happens or if 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 someone's not playing well enough and and will steps up we want him to have as much big time game experience and also just for like the arrows future like again we've mentioned it they're at the bottom of the table right now now granted from where they're two points behind the free jacks but they're also six points behind Nola for that last playoff spot. And Nola has a game uh, in here. Rooney, Rooney's got the last playoff spot. Only the top two make it. Right. Thank you, Derek. Right. I yeah, forgot You're having that. an off night here. <laughs> so it's even further apart. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, yeah. They're 11, 11 points. They're 11 points yeah. back then, yeah. So, so they are um, more than two full wins behind. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the, you're right, Stu. I think that they're in this weird position where, like, I don't – yeah. What was, do you what do you do with what do you do with with Will Kelly right now? Like again, even coming off the bench, he's gonna be getting great experience and and stuff like that. But um, you know, he hasn't always been on the bench. They've kind okay. of had to go with different looks depending on who's been in the starting lineup. I don't th- I don't think rugby Canada's like dictating what the arrows do with their lineup. I don't think they're dictating, I think they're heavily suggesting though. No, I, I I think I even, but I don't even think like you look at the squad that like we'll talk about the squad. There's guys on the squad that have played like Liam Murray's played like what under 40 minutes this year total. Yeah, right. he's but on. The, I think the prop right and then like you said that because 
their lineup. For um, but you also have like, I mean, you have guys like, I mean, Vicilani, who's been hurt, but he hasn't played any minutes and stuff. And um, yeah, but he might not make the final cut to yeah. get the, well, the, the roster. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, I don't also on the quick tangent is that they've only released 40 names at the moment, and they haven't announced how big or small the um, actual touring party will be. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, back to your point. Yeah, so it's like I I don't necessarily think that's a thing um, that you know rugby can is trying to make lineup decisions, um, but I think I I think that if you don't so you're saying you don't think that Kingsley Jones is talking with Silverthorne and saying hey listen we really want Will Kelly to get as much time as possible is what I, I want to is that what you're saying Yeah, I, if that's the case, then you would if I'm Chris Silverthorne and be like yeah we have a Taylor Adams it's like it's is what it is um i don't think yeah like i don't think i don't think even gary gold is going like i don't think that would be a, it's a thing that it's like why would they like i don't think it's like well, gary, gary gold talking team. to the colorado crossovers yeah it's like, or like talking to any team being like play this guy play this guy play this guy like i don't think like you said dan like you had that one thing when you were like it's like the arrow's first job is to win, win a shield, right? Like that's that was something that you you kind of went on a bit of a passionate speech about a few episodes back, right? Um, but I think like starting Will Kelly in this game with Taylor Adams coming off an injury, I think is a hundred percent the right decision. Um, and I think like like I said, it's like it's one of those things. I feel like people are like locked in on the fact that Will Kelly missed a penalty and are forgetting the absolutely sweet apple he tossed to. Um, Adrian Wadden for that try, like that yeah. was a huge Will Kelly play. Listen, I, um, I didn't, I didn't played... think that that Will that Will didn't play well. Don't misconstrue my words, because I think he oh, played exactly. very well. I'm just thinking, I'm just saying, when you look at the pace of how the Arrows' offense played, it when when Taylor Adams came off the bench compared to when Will Kelly was on, there's just yeah. there was an obvious difference. That that's well, yeah, that was like, all it, I'm it, saying, and also. I think my my opinion can change. Yeah. I, I still think that I don't think that they're making lineup decisions. I still don't. I still think it's a little naive to think that they don't have their opinions and they're not going to voice their opinions. To oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they staff. voice their opinions. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what that's what I'm saying. Stuff. I'm not saying oh, that they're, they're 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 going in saying here's my my lineup I want you to play, but I'm definitely thinking that they have input and they're going to say, hey, please, can we see some more? Can we see Cole Keith play some more, or can you know, like I think yeah. that there definitely is, or give Cole Keith some rest, like they have been the last couple of games. Well, I I, I don't think they don't talk or whatever, but I don't think like I don't think it's like a, I don't think they like completely influence that, but um, but either way, um, like yeah, it's just I think it, it it's interesting though, like this where they're sitting at now for the season because obviously they're four and six, they're eleven points back. Dan, only two teams make the playoffs. Um, I know I I'm, I'm off, man. It was a yeah. hot day. We went for we went to like one of our local parks with the class. It was hot. My mm. brain's just fried, guys. Oh, well, there you go. Um, guys, guys, been a lot of uh, negative emotions over like the past few days. You're allowed yeah, to the Habs let are a few things nothing slip. over Winnipeg. I said okay. to myself, I would cheer for Winnipeg. That was like, that's I not think... going well. I would cheer for Winnipeg. I want all the. Oh, all you the want Canadian me to cheer teams. for Montreal? No, all the Canadian teams can lose now. It's just I just. But I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, losing the third round. I'm um, I'm going to be supporting the Kraken going forward. 
Like, and, yeah. and then I know they're not even technically existing at the moment, but well, again, yeah. they've got the second overall pick, so. Oh, Buffalo's, is that Buffalo's uh, got number one? Are you watching the draft lottery right now? Dan? No, no, it's, it's already done. It's done. Oh, is it already done? I didn't yeah. see it before I hopped on the recording. Who got the first overall pick? Buffalo. Why are we talking about this? Buffalo? Buffalo got it. Wow, Buffalo won something. Good for them. Good for um, them. Right. Shall we talk about um, that poor kid? Whoever we, that ends up being. All right. Shall um, we talk about the other Canadian performances this weekend? Yeah. I just like just before we move on to that, because I um I did see like it was interesting because like um Dallin Stanford did like an interview with Ryan Martin before the game. And Ryan Martin mentioned that like when the arrows are on their game, they're probably like the best team in the East. And it's an interesting comment going into the game as they're the fifth place team. And then after the game, after Ryan Martin's team defeats them, that they're the now last place team in the East, but it's. Consistency. Yeah. The remaining has been the, the, the the thing that they've been fighting all season. Yeah, and it's just it's just so you got the remaining six games, you probably got to win all of them to have a shot. You probably got to win all of them and have help. Bonus points. Yeah, they still have to yeah. beat. They, they still have to beat Bonus Ola, point. a team they've never beaten. Austin, oh, you got to beat everybody. The best. I know, I know, but like including that, and they have to beat Nola, who they've never beaten ever. Yeah, and a heartbreaking loss this year. Yeah, you got to try and beat Austin in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Um. San Diego. Gotta try to beat New York yeah, again, New York, who yeah. has ever since that that loss to the arrows have been pulling out wins like it's nothing. Yeah, you gotta yeah, you gotta beat them again. Yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough schedule. Schedule doesn't get easier. Um but I don't know. I still feel like that best team in the east is somewhere deep down inside still. And I think I, just, I hope it's gotta come out at this point. Um I- I think we've seen what it looks late. like when they're on. Like they annihilated Rooney. Yeah, and yeah, you're like, right. But I, I but think we've seen what it looks like, late. and that, I don't think I don't think it's like the season's not a lost cause yet. Obviously, like they just gotta it's gotta be a six and zero run, and they just they yeah gotta it's gotta be six and zero run, and then we're gonna lose our possibly our Uruguayans. Yeah, and yeah. This, we're lose, this is uh, like what 12, I'm thinking players? as well. Thirteen, because... yeah. So it's. Well, that was the thing. It's like we always said, like all of last year, 2019, going into this year too. It was like we always said that the arrows were the deepest team in the league. So that's going to be part of it too. It's like you got to dig deep. That depth is going to have to dig deep. Um, and like, I'm not, I'm not ready to completely count them out yet. They can still do it, but they got a like nine and seven's not making the playoffs. Ten and six might give you a fighting chance. So, um. Yeah, you can't can't lose another one. So uh, I don't no, I don't we, think it's done yet. We but... talked about uh, again the team that they're probably going to be trying to dethrone is Rooney, the team that we we chirped about their negative point differential, um, yeah. which is Man, slowly yeah, going we... the other way. They're now at zero. Yeah, but you I know, mean, like they've had a couple you... real stinker games. You know, yeah. I think against Nola and the Arrows were really bad. How often though, in any sports that you've ever watched, have you seen the team with the like the I guess at the bottom of the standings with one of the best point differentials in the league. It is an anomaly, but is, they, it, is it only because it's a conference system? And if it was no, because they, like they're like they the have league. like the fourth best point differential. I think I think it's fourth best. Hold on, let me double check with the the standings here. Uh, well, while you're checking that, the it's the third a, best. The third, yeah, the third best point differential in the league. But so this, like, but this yeah. is the issue. You can win games by. 50 plus points to seven as the arrows have done and you still get five points 
and if you win a game by two, you still get four as opposed to two. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We can talk about point differential of like how that's, um, you know, an impressive stat that the Arrows have third best in the league. Doesn't change the fact that winning two games by 50 points doesn't make up for the fact that they've been losing yeah. games by two or it is or less than seven. No, it's it, it is important though if it does come down to it if they do go on a six and zero run and make it interesting. Yeah. And all right, guys. Well, it, let's. That, yeah. It is a tiebreaker. But the key word is if. Yeah. Let's hope. And that's a lot to balance on. Right, Dan. You were saying. No. Yeah. Let's let's move on, guys. Um, the other Canadian performances. Um, Michael Smith, I think, had a really strong game for. Uh, San Diego, who are looking hot, hot, hot. Holy moly. I was going to say, yeah, they moved back home. and Oh, no. Yeah. They and, just, and uh, Rob Shaw's training. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, they, they had the big win over the, the, the Sabercats, 39-11. to Michael Smith, who is just continuing his strong season as it's going along, um, I think played really well. Good for him. He's, yeah. he's taking that, that opportunity that, that's come to him. He had the uh, most ruck mall arrivals on uh, San Diego during the game too, and so just um, yeah, absolute monster. You know, he's, yeah, he's he's been playing really well. He's making his tackles, you know, com- completing them at a high percentage, getting really involved in the game. Um, got a guy mixed in a, a couple breakdown steals too. Like it's, um, you know, he he looks good, man. And obviously, you know, rugby Canada Kingsley Jones are uh, taking notice too. So, um, yeah, that was amazing, and then. The uh yeah San Diego I don't know I guess they they moved back home and kind of look like a little bit of a different team now yeah yeah like I said it's like and those shot. jerseys they wore we said this last week that jer- those jerseys were yeah like wear them again sharp <laughs> sharp yeah wear yeah, wear, a, wear them again maybe there's something yeah. in them um yeah but, uh, green green and red is not normally a color combination that I would use but obviously like that military green and against the red San Diego logo Stu has obviously never heard of Christmas but sure. Not normally. Not, no, 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 no. Not like military hunter green. You gotta go like vibrant. What do you green. wear at Christmas? Crying out loud. Yeah, not like that green right. on your water bottle. Put that yeah. next to your this hat. This doesn't look right. good. The water bottle. No, that doesn't yeah. look good to you. No. All right. Yeah. Nah. All right. Well, right. let's move on. You know, we already kind of talked about Josh Larson's strong performance. He's yeah. named to the uh, MLR team of the week. Um, he's slowly becoming one of my favorite players. I think yeah. at MLR, uh, he just. Except when he's the beating work. the Toronto Arrows. The most no, annoying thing, then. how annoyed were you when Josh Larson scored that and the Free Jacks played the Bruins goal song? Because I was like... Yeah. I was probably swearing too much to listen to the goal song. I didn't know that until you tweeted about it. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I don't I don't know if that... Is that a thing the Free Jacks always do? Or is that just that uh, we're going to troll all the Toronto fans watching this game right now? Probably the latter. Yeah. Because they, they, they wore a kit with a red, white, and blue stripe across the chest and played the Bruins goal song in this game. So, long story short, the Free Jackson are my least favorite team in the league, but whatever. Wow. Right. Well, Atlanta had a Herculean effort against LA, uh, beating oh, them 17-12. Yeah. Uh, to 12. Um, Matt Heaton. Matt Heaton yeah. is Matt looking like an absolute animal. monster. And we're going to talk, we're gonna talk we, about, about the Canada's back line um, oh, later. But Dude, this is like Matt Heaton might have played like one of the best individual games in MLR this year. In 
and like that performance was outstanding. The entire Atlanta defense, the amount of tackles they made at like 300. Yeah, <laughs> well, not quite, but basically, um, how many tackles did they make? I, I saw it somewhere. There was a set. I've got to say, it's, if it's round eight was giving us all heart attacks because every game was going down to the wire, yeah. then this was like emulating round eight all over again. Because after um, that, the convert last conversion was scored, I was thinking, like, they have could, could, could LA win this? Could LA like get over and? I remember like just the clock going into the red for I think like what three or four minutes, and then yeah. w- like you it's gave the wall. L- LA gave them the inch, and counter rucking began, and it was the penalty that won the game. Yeah, that was Connor Keys too on the counter yeah. ruck to um, Abs- yeah. run the ball Man. over to win that game. Uh, Dan, um, to answer your question, officially the rugby ATL had two hundred twenty-five tackles. Okay, so well over 90% too, which apparently wasn't good enough for Scott Lawrence, um, who said he was disappointed in the missed tackles. And I just, I'm like, guy's got high standards, I guess. Um, I mean, he is a professional Uh, rugby coach, so he probably does have high standards. Um, But yeah, just on the other side of the pitch, we have, uh, was it Corey Thomas? Yeah, Corey Thomas Thomas and DTH Vanderberger, also a monster in this game. Um, I mean, his, his right. head's blonde. He's clearly Super Saiyan all the time. Yeah, that's, and, that's clearly what that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the if he gets to the playoffs and his hair goes blue, then he's just gone Super Saiyan God. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's he, over. He had a try, sixteen carries, um, a hundred and nine meters in this game, and like also had the third most tackles on LA, and like just just a monster the whole game. He. Like he was even getting like he was getting involved in like rucks and stuff too. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, he was one of LA's best players in this game too. And just yeah, um, yeah. across the board though, just like Atlanta was just. Um, I know obviously I know we're trying to like focusing on Chance Wingluski was just a monster too. Um, he was outstanding. He made like a gajillion tackles or whatever it was too. Mm-hmm. And um. You know, the, the Atlanta scrum looked really good. He, uh, you know, he, he got the better of Charlie Abel on a handful of occasions who also kind of had a good game. Atlanta's defense, man, is just, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. Um, Every single player on both teams brought such a level of intensity. Yeah, no, it was great. That you had to, you had to pay attention to yeah. every single thing. A- any, any slip, that means 50 meters down the field. Any, oh, yeah. a, a, you look the other direction for half a second, boom, a try has been scored. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it like uh, Batista Escura was instrumental in setting up both the tries for Atlanta. He looks so good moving uh, since yeah. they've moved him to the 12. Like he, he was a good 10, a damn good 10, but mm-hmm. like it, you can tell that his natural position is at 12. Going the Owen Farrell method of uh, yeah. making a fly half a center. Yeah, they're uh, they're making that work, man. But he started the year. He started good. the year at at, yeah. at twelve. Yeah. He's a he's a center. They just yeah. had they just put him. Yeah, out. it's because Kurt then, Coleman got hurt, and they've been yeah. trying to figure out what they wanted to do. And then they, I guess, they've settled on uh, Adrian Carlsey playing ten, and then Escura playing twelve. Yeah, um, it's working. <laughs> like. It's crazy no. that Robbie Petzer is like spending time on the bench. And yeah. he and he should be. <laughs> like it's yeah. 
like, un- uh, unreal squad that they have down in rugby. Like they they fully deserve to be at the top of the table, especially like I mean it, it's one of those things where it's like LA scores a lot, but I think this game kind of showed it's like the team to be afraid of is the team you can't score on, not the team that yeah. just puts up a ton of points. Um, but man, it's uh, yeah. Rugby ATL, man. This the uh, that that could have been a weirdly like that could have been possibly a Shield final preview. Yeah, kind of see, and they got right. the uh, it, Rugby ATL came out on top in it. So here's a question: Do you think if Luke White hadn't um, seen red and uh, been sent off, oh. do you think that ATL would have been able to hold out? For oh yeah, those twenty sure. minutes. They were they were the better team the whole game. I think. Also, I feel I like that was one of those. Sorry. I didn't see what happened. Like, what did he? Oh, do? he headbutted the guy. Like, in it was a front, in front of yeah. JP Boyle. Yeah, JP it, Doyle it, saw it completely and immediately gave him a red card. It was, in all honesty, it's one of those things where it's like I actually kind of like the red card rule, like of the like the twenty minutes. But I'm like, that was one of those ones where I'm like, I don't know if you no. deserve a guy. Uh, uh, off, off. No, yeah, no I was like, I don't know. Like, I was just saying, I think, like, I think. I like the idea, and I think like maybe the evolution of rugby is that orange card. Yeah, I do like. I think there's been some red cards in it where I'm like, all right, like I get it. Twenty minute little power play, for lack of a better term, yeah. fair enough. But I was like, you just straight up headbutted guy. Yeah, that that, that was like, just physical. Yeah, assault. like that's your. Yeah, you shouldn't. You can't. You can't worm yeah. your way out of it. That was that was just intentionally breaking. Yeah, exactly. the law and the actual law. <laughs> as in law of the land like ah, government and constitution stuff um those are different in sports but but yeah it was it just wasn't a good uh saturday for the gill teams was it because over oh. in uh, uh salt lake it uh went the way of the warriors say yeah that attack is something oh my best I, best well, defense I, in the league and they just I, laughed at it I, i've got to say mika cruze being traded to utah is probably the best thing that, that has happened to him. Good. I mean, Brendan Sparks, good move, man. Well done. That's, yeah. I mean, that's that's just yeah. A plus general manager yeah. style right there. Let's, that was let's a fun transition, game. guys. Let's transition to that game because that was an interesting game for many reasons. I feel like we already transitioned to that game, Dan. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Get up the speed, man. Uh, Utah really took it to, to Austin. Austin is trending. And if it wasn't for the, the I mean, San Diego is making a good run of it now, but like the Gilgronies have really suffered. And I think that there needs to be a change in how things are being played there. Um, one, I really enjoyed watching Cole Davis. You know, he got the kind of the, the not he the got his, uh, try, but he got the, the try first, at the first MLR try too. So yeah. So him. good, good, good for, good for Cole. Um, he's such a strong power runner. I love watching him. Um, but uh Something's got to happen. There needs to be a like a lineup change. You've got three almost international fly halves. Two of them are are test capped international fly halves, and then you got Mac Mason who's playing right now at fly half. I know that he's kicked you a lot of points, but something's not right with that offense. Like they are not clicking at a pace where they they with the talent levels that they've got where they should be. I think it's time to put Will McGee or. Kurt Morath at fly off and see what you got because my yeah. goodness gracious, 
they're I mean, they, and the defense wasn't there in this game. I mean, they got no. throttled. Yeah. Well, well, two of the tries were intercepts. One of which was a easy seven pointer, and then yeah. the other one was like the get the try that just ensured that they couldn't get a bonus point. Mm. But and, I mean, they had they had more carrying meters. They had a two percent possession more possession and they but they had less territory so and they they and and utah me had to make more tackles and and you know so i i just feel like there's something that's not the the, the straw that's stirring that drink is crooked and they need to put a new one how hard in. did you work on that pun be honest yeah, listen, sometimes it just comes out of you it just comes so out you guys become fathers i'm proud of you guys become dads you'll realize how easy it comes uh, i'm proud of you for that one that was good right uh, I don't know. That, I, I, maybe, maybe I'm just I'm you know because I really I have enjoyed watching Austin play. I love a strong, hard nosed defense, and yeah. some of the guys they've got there, I really enjoy watching. Um, I don't know what do of, you guys think. Yeah, I think that game had a lot of like line breaks, mainly because um, both teams um, apparently couldn't really make too many tackles. Um, Utah or like both both teams were in the low 80s for their tackle percentage. Um, which isn't the that great either, but um, Utah does. I think the big thing was like Utah doesn't need much time to score. Like if Cruz, yeah. Teo, once they get they get some space and like the the attack is on, um, yeah. they're probably they might their their counter attack is spectacular. Every time they touch the ball, those two guys are making something happen and it's working out really well for them. Um, you know, so it's uh, it is it is one of those things. It's like like I don't know like. Austin obviously has a good defense. They've obviously been involved in a lot of low scoring games. So maybe the offense is leaving something to be desired, but uh, then like, I know like San Diego's kind of breathing down their necks, man. They're within. Yeah. A game. Like yeah. San Diego, like San Diego's kind of off to uh, got, didn't got off to a Rocky start, but they're back to they're four and six. Now they have 24 points. They're only, which is seven points back of Utah's, 31 for that last final playoff spot it's only two points back of austin right now right and the big thing like you know with when you're saying it's like bonus points are important obviously austin and utah are similar five and five records right they have a similar point differential utah's plus 22 austin's plus 21 right but austin's got 11 bonus points or sorry utah has 11 bonus points to austin's six so they got a full five point like a bonus they're a full bonus point win extra just because they just they're just scoring points they're scoring four tries a game like and it's uh it's propelling them up the standings right so that looks like it's going to be a big difference maker hopefully they don't have a gigantic panther riding a motorcycle in front Uh. of kicks anymore um so Brendan Sparks um yeah he apologized right apologized he He did not know about that which uh, yeah, he, was he not watching the game? Like, did he not? No, well, I mean, I don't. I, I think he, like, he didn't know it was. He didn't know happen. it was good. Like, right, yeah, right, exactly. Okay, like, okay, I don't okay. know. I think that's what he meant. I'm sure he saw it happen. Um, but like, I think, um, like, I, I'm fine with. Like, I like that he he apologized. He took the Twitter and kind of apologized for it. I'm not sitting here to be like throw the book at Utah or anything. I don't even think they really. But it's just. I don't even necessarily think it should be punished and stuff, but it's like if if he's riding, if the Panther is riding like the motorcycle like behind the in goal area, 
Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. That's fine. I don't care about that. Um, if he's going behind the in goal area, just trying to make noise. It's the same thing that every mascot does when a guy's trying to shoot a free throw or something in the NBA too. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, to me, it's just that he drove across like where the kick would be. Right. You should, yeah. Like all the Utah players got to be on the goal line. Right. You can't have a mascot. Well, just like if through. he, if, if but, he messes up and he screws up the field, Oh man, I have their kick control the bike. Oh, I'm not. I'm not worried. Uh, the about... grounds crew would be up at oh. arms too. Like that's that's I'm a not... very small detail. Oh, I am but... absolutely not at all worried about the fact that there was a motorcycle on the field or whatever. That's fine. The Toronto Arrows. I can't believe we're bike. talking about this. Yeah, no, but that's the the motorcycle's fine. It's grass. It's a motorcycle. It's going to be fine. It's not a big deal. Um, it's just it's if if Mac Mason missed that, I would hope that the ref would have let him redo it. Yeah. Um, because like it's just it's just one of those things that's just like you can't really do that. Um yeah, there's I mean, there's actually a law in yeah. uh the World Rugby Law Book, it's uh law twenty point fifteen, which states that uh members of the team of the uh team that are you know behind the posts or on the uh on the line can't you know make a distraction, can't do anything until yeah. you know the they're starting to kick. Um now the ref and, obviously, and the ref obviously just let it happen. Well, it's like, what do so you, you stop yeah. the guy from driving across the field once he's already started? But um, it's like, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, like I don't know, there's a mistake made there. I don't think, like, it's yeah, I don't, it was I don't ridiculous. Yeah, it's just it's weird because it's like Major League Rugby. I guess in the rugby network seem to be trying to make it a, like a fun comedic thing, yeah, or whatever. But and, like, and, and when the GM is saying social media no. and stuff, and it's like, that's eh, like I don't even think. Like nothing should happen to Utah. Like there should be like no like punishment no. for it, other than just being like, "Hey guys, don't do that again, please." Um, yeah, but that's beyond it, really. Okay. Well, let's... beyond that though, have them drive like a do laps. I don't care. Just rev the engine if you want to distract. Like if you want sure. to do something, it doesn't bother me. Just don't be like on the field in the kickers yeah. like line of sight and stuff. But okay, um... well let's let's finish off our our roundup because we've got still a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, Kieran Hernan, Doug Fraser went up against Quinn Nawadi. And uh, uh, Rooney losing 46 to 10. My gosh, the line breaks 12 line breaks for Rooney, one for Old Glory. Old Glory had 60% of the possession uh, and 61% yeah. and of the territory and could not do anything with it. So, full credit goes to Rooney's, uh, Rooney's defense. You know, they've got some hard hitters on that team, like absolute beasts. And I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I think. This game and the game against Toronto has just given me more confidence in saying Quinn Nawadi is a center. Like I, I enjoy him so much more being because I the one really cool thing about his game is that he's got those distribution skills. Like he can still make some nice passes, but he's also just such a large body. Like he's just a big old piece of lumber running running through the middle of the field, and I feel bad for. Hearn having to deal with that he's probably thinking you know i'll play play off finish off my career you know just having some fun mlr and then you got this beast running in front of you that's probably an absolute not a fun time yeah. so yeah to go back to defense um the fact that new york were down to 13 men for the final 10 minutes of the first half and only conceded one try and not even and the conversion was missed just goes to show you like how impressive their defense was mm-hmm. to be able to hold off for a further, I think like seven minutes after that point, and 
still well they also and they also got the try bonus point before the first hydration break <laughs> so yeah they can take their foot off the gas after that point because uh they know they're not walking away empty-handed yeah for sure um i i agree with you dan i think like nawadi is just you know it's going to be fun to see him playing for canada this summer um it'll be fun to see him playing for canada going forward um yeah, Fra- Frazier and Hearn, I think they, I think they kind of struggled with him in uh, Fuatai and stuff. Um, so, yeah, like nobody's having a great season. I think, I think I like the fact that he can play wing. I like adding that versatility to his game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably have him at a center. Um, let's we'll see how the Canada actual squad shapes out and where he actually, what jersey actually ends up wearing. But it's uh, you know, it's versatility is never a bad thing either. But, um. Yeah, I like him. I like him wearing the center jersey too. And um, New, New York's rolling right now, so um, hopefully they they keep him there. And, and you know what? I think Frazier had a good game too. Um, he's just kind of a rampaging bull on the pitch. Um, it's good to see Hearn pl- starting again. Yeah, nice. Um, coming off off of injury, so so good to see those two lads. All right, guys. Well, thank the rugby gods that Rugby Canada announced this. Uh, before we recorded, you know, we were recording on the Wednesday night. So they recorded on or released on Tuesday. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Rugby Canada. They have released their current expanded roster leading into the um, match warm-up games against England and Wales. And then further into the summer and the uh, fall with the uh, world cup qualifier matches, uh, 40 names were announced 29 players from uh, Major League Rugby, 13 of them from the Arrows, six players from the French clubs, five players from the Pacific Pride, 19 players were from the World Cup squad from 2019, and we currently have, which and I think this is really interesting, 16 uncapped players. Nice. Um, the That's traveling ro- part of the roster. Oh, it's the best. It's so good. Mm-hmm. The traveling roster to be announced in mid-June. Um. Guys, I want I want to hear um, how do you feel about this? You know, I, Derek, you kind of just gave it. Um, I, I will say I was talking with Brian Ray. Um, the Matt Tierney situation is interesting. Um, he doesn't know why he wasn't named. Um, we don't know if it's injury. We don't know if it's. I called it. <laughs> Uh, I called it um, club shenanigans, but Brian was quick to say that it is a reg nine window and Castellaris is releasing Ardron. Um, so yeah, I don't know what's going on. He's a huge, huge blow. Um, but I'm pretty satisfied with, with the lineup. Um, I kind of wish that I, instead of, you know, I, I kind of wish that we saw someone like Andrew Ferguson instead of Fraser Hurst. You've already got two young scrum halves. I would have liked to see one guy there, maybe just to kind of help them kind of ease into the international experience, you know? Um, but other than that, I, I really can't think of anybody else. Uh, the, 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 the Matt Bukaboom not being there is interesting too. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about this, this, um, this roster so far i was actually super happy with it um 
it was yeah i i love like i said i love the 16 uncapped guys um i yeah it's i like the mix of obviously you get some of those vets that have played before you mix them in with a handful of uncapped mlr players you mix that in with a handful of pacific pride guys as well um you get that that youth that experience to kind of help the youth along but i i think the squad ultimately like when you see it it kind of shows that you know rugby canada is like turning the page on um on the past a little bit right because it's like you it is it is bringing in the uh the next generation of players Great to see, you know, names like Tyler Duguid, obviously like Priscilla, um, Vicky Lani, Michael Smith has been playing great for the Legion, as we mentioned. Um, Mason Flesh. Mason, yeah, Mason Flesh is in Murray. there. Yeah, Liam. Yeah, exactly. Liam, everybody, all the Pride guys too, um, like Duit, Kotze, um, right, Olsen, Provost, even uh, Kainoa Lloyd getting another, another shot. Um like yeah, Fra- Fraser Hurst, as you mentioned at Scrum Half, Ross Brody. Like, there's a lot of a lot of guys getting like their first crack at the Canadian national team, and it's great to see. And it's going to be fun because they're going to get their first crack at Test rugby against Wales and England. In w- England and Twickenham. Twickenham, where's Wales? Where are they playing Wales? Is it? I think Principality. Uh, they're playing yeah. at Principality. Yeah, awesome. Welcome to. Uh, yeah. How cool is that, man? You're welcome to Test rugby, boys. You get. Yeah. Wales at Principality. And they're and playing Marcus Smith and Sam Underhill. Yeah. yeah. Ellis Genge. You're going to have like Ellis Genge tackling. Hewitt oh, yeah. and... Bring it. Let's do, let's do it. I think... Um, like, Josh Navidi. Like, like, yeah, because I was like, I think... Oh, boy. I think there's a lot, man. I think, obviously, fly half, I think, is an interesting position. Kelly, Nelson, O'Leary, and Povey. Um, no clear... I don't think there's a really... Is there a clear front runner for that? I think it depends on what they want to do with fullback. You know, like I think that if if Nelson and Prez is at fullback though, because that's his most comfortable position, you put you can put Nelson back there, and then then I think it's Povey. Yeah, I think it's completely up for grabs. I'm not not saying you're I'm not saying you're wrong. If you want to if you want to back Povey to do it, so be it. I think you're justified in doing it, but I think it's completely up for grabs. I think or they put Povey at fullback. Povey's also comfortable at fullback too. Like that's the crazy thing yeah. is, is they've got, uh, I I can't remember a time where they've had so many professional fly they, halves. Never in different programs. You know mm-hmm. what has what has Robbie Povey picked up from Sam Windsor? You know what has what has Taylor Adams shown? Will uh, oh, Kelly. You know it's, that is is really great. exciting. What has Nelson been learning in in France? You know he's, what. Here's the the big thing though is, I think, like, lock back row center. I think is the part of the teams that gets me like really excited looking oh, at yeah. the guys there, because I'm like not like I feel like it's like not only is there like quality players, but it's like oh man, like there's depth to it and stuff too. Like you can go a couple guys like the. The locks, as officially listed, I guess, would be Bailey, Cellini, Duguid, Keys, Larson, Olmstead, Thomas, Ardron, and Flesh can also play lock, obviously, too, um, which is a ton of fun. The back row then having like Heaton, Rumball, Smith, Vicilani. I'm still very excited to see Siaki Vicilani play. I can't wait for this man. I feel like yeah, he's been really yeah. hyped up, right? Yeah, exactly. Really I'm very fired up for him. 
Yeah. Um, we'll see. Hopefully, we get to see him in so, an Arrows game shortly. Um, yeah. And, and then, yeah, I'm fired up. It's there's so much. I hope my my big thing though for for these two games, I just I hope like so they're taking they're taking 35 players to Europe, right? No, they haven't confirmed it. So this is the thing that because um, I saw on the Seattle uh, Twitter feed. Um, they were obviously saying, you know, congratulations to uh, DJ and um, Jake or Nikki. Yeah. But according to them, this is the 40-man roster for not only the summer tour, but also the like autumn tests as well. Now, I now that's the only place I've seen that. Um, eh. statement which i mean used. you know where else are they going to pull from right like the, the like this is the seventh really the seventh team when seventh the team, is over we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll grab maybe maybe like co and solder yeah and it, and, it, and it may also be the case for example like um Asa obviously being out injured at the moment mm. uh maybe yeah Olsen is able to win favor and he's able to um get back into this um extended squad so um when you were talking about you know, they're going to announce the touring side in well, it's essentially a couple of weeks. It may be that these other players are basically being told, okay, um, you missed out on this time, but you've got what, uh, three or four games to prove that you can be picked for the oh, yeah. test match against the US. It just says traveling roster for a July matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like Hassler, Hassler is a big name that. Honestly, if if he heals up right and and, yeah. and has a good, but either his, way, he could definitely way. be in the fall. Yeah. So uh, one name I've got to like pick out because I'm like imp- impressed in how, in terms of like how little they've played compared to other players in the squad. Uh, Lucky Kratz for Nola Gold. Right, yeah. I mean that like full on congratulations to him. Um, yeah. Because oh, he, man, he's, he's played well. He, he's yeah, but to have such a big impact from obviously playing, I think it was like the Arrows against the Arrows was the mm-hmm. first game that he played. Yeah, he played really well. And then started game. the next game. Yeah, so that's only like four he started, games. He started the game against the Arrows. So that was yeah, AP2 yeah. plus C uh, went down. Got, and, got hurt. Yeah, yeah, right. um, yeah t- talk about taking opportunities when they present yeah. themselves. Blink a neck. Um, but yeah. Um, I just. Yes. I, I just hope, like, so if you're going to take this squad. I just hope over the course of the two games in England and Wales, everyone gets to play. Cause I think, I think you got, I think this is the time to see like what you have in the future. And I, I mean, still think that there's a lot of guy, like probably some of the Pacific pride guys that might, that might not go. Well, yeah. Like, but that's I've the thing. It's, like, it's not gonna, like, I think you got to see like what you got. Like, I mean, Tyler Ardron, best player in Canada, obviously. Yeah. Right, I don't know. Are you guys going to dispute that statement that Tyler no, Ardron's? No, God, no, no. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. No. I know what Tyler Ardron is, man. Like he's going to be on the he's going to be on the team until he decides he no longer wants to be on the team. Right. Just like no, until someone can. tells him that if you play again, then your bones will turn to dust. Yeah, that's like, that's yeah, the kind yeah, of attitude. It's, <laughs> you know, he's going to play until he the Alan Wynn Jones syndrome. Yeah, of, he, uh, he'll play for Canada until he decides to retire. Um, but I think I think the thing that I'm more interested in, man, and in all honesty, like even if it is Wales, even if it is England, like you, you know, it's 
it's the time now to find out what you got in these guys. Cause in all honesty, like Wales and England are cool, but the really important games, the one against the United States later. Yeah. Yeah. That's where like, I those, wish we so had you one more game you... against like a team like Romania, like in Let's, between you got to you... figure out. Yeah. You got to figure out as of right now, those are the only three, te- the only four test matches that we know Canada's yeah, playing. I really... You got to figure out what that squad's going to be for the United States. Yeah. And I think, in all in all reality, I think it's like you got to find out. Like, there's 16 uncapped guys. You got to find out what you have in them. And I mean, even if that means like, yeah, like you said, like, you know, some of these uncapped guys have to go up against you know their counterparts of you know legendary status in Wales or England. Then then so be it, man. There's no yeah. trial by fire. Yeah. There's no better way to do it. So yeah, I think especially with the fly half position with how tight that is, I would over two games play everybody a half. Just give, give everybody game time, find out who's going to play. I don't know. Are you well, willing to give up a, a bench spot for a fly games half? for that? Yeah. For a bat- uh, listen, for I, I, for sure. I, I think that's, that's, that's a good idea. I mean, you gotta, you have to figure out like, I don't know. I just think you gotta, you have to figure out what you got. Like, honestly, for me, and again, maybe this is because I, I am a prop. The front row is going to be a very interesting yeah. again, situation. Play, again, play all of them. Like, yeah. over the course of the two games. Well, I mean, they're going to have to. I mean, like, oh, yeah, I, you have, how, how's Ty, I think Tyler Rowland's had a really strong season. Uh, he's yeah. kind of been thrusted into that position. Good. How's he? I, I want to see how he holds up, especially yeah, since, would, I, especially yeah. since he like, start him. Yeah, like, like yeah, Cole welcome, Keith, welcome to Wales Principality Stadium. Here you go. Start. Cole Keith and Sears Drew for me are the two loose heads, and then you, then that means you've got Il Nicky and Roland. Yeah. So, so we're gonna play the older guy or the younger guy. You know, like younger guy, F- younger guy. Find yeah. out what you got. All the 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 older guys have like we we know what they are. It's fine. I, that just means are you prepared for the the fallout of a possibly a little bit tougher thrashing if the younger guys can't I, hold up? I don't care if they lose to Wales or England. It's Wales and England. I'm not. Yeah. I, I don't care if they lose to them. I'm not. I care if they lose to the United States in September. Okay. Figure out your roster. Right. That's that. fine with me. That's fine. Yeah. With I me. don't like. I don't care if they they don't if they lose to Wales and England. I don't care. You hear that, guys? He wants he, he wants he wants Canada to lose. And you haven't beaten the United States since 2013. Yeah. So it's not, they're not like a cakewalk or, or by no, any stretch not. of the imagination. They're one of the up and rising teams. Even though All historically right. Canada has done much better against the United States, but it, that it, the history is well beyond eight years ago now. So yeah, it's like you, okay. you have to beat the United States. That's priority one. I don't care if that means you have to lose to England and Wales to do it. You have to figure out what this roster is yeah. going to be for the World Cup qualifiers. Okay, so Cole Keith, Andrew Quatron, Tyler Rowland, Paul Cellini, Lucas Rumball, Mason Flesh, Ross Brody, Will Kelly, Detroit Jones, Lesage, and Parfrey. Those are all the names. Uh, that's 13 arrows. Out of the lineup for the for 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 a the rest of the season almost. What what does this do to the arrows? Like, what is this going to look like for them? I mean, you've taken away their their captains, front row, their front row. A lot of other players. One of their most consistent locks. One of their up and coming locks. Most of the they're starting scrum half. 
Yeah, I That's mean, a lot. This is. I mean, we knew this. We knew this would happen, though. For sure. The nature of the Toronto Arrows having all the Canadian, most of the Canadian players, um, it probably hurts. I know they're probably gonna have to bring in some new bodies. Um, Juan Cruz Gonzalez, come on down. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, much. They're, gonna to, they're gonna have to bring in somebody, uh, someone just for like Johnny Sheridan's there now. Yeah, Sheridan's yeah. down there now. Um, they might, it might even just be new players entirely too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're gonna have to bring in that. It, it it hurts. I think it obviously hurts the arrows. I mean, they got like we said earlier, they got their work cut out for them now. They probably have to win six in a row to even just to have a chance at making the playoffs. So six six in a row, and you're probably gonna have to do it without you know thirteen of your best players and sixteen. You're forgetting that at the same time as the Wales Canada game, Uruguay are playing the Sudamerica rugby 15 and then two weeks later they mm. begin their qualification for the uh rugby world cup and that means thanks, that thanks Deanna... bringing me down even more still yeah so uh-huh. diana um mirez levas uh... they're probably all getting picked as well yeah well all right it, this this was um something i wanted to bring up earlier as i'm not and i i'm gonna be like you i'm not gonna count them out just yet we no. have said that Toronto has a deep squad. Um, is, yeah. But something that, because I've noticed, and we were mentioning it, is like, you know, decisions to, um, you know, go for the try instead of go for the post. Um, you know, these little mistakes that are then turning into penalties. Uh, I'm uh, not a psychologist or anything along those lines, but possibly... Maybe the arrows, especially from being in like a hotel for the past, you know, 11, 12 weeks at this point, maybe there's just an element of like mental fatigue in there. And I would have said, well, oh, it's the, same, it's the same case for uh, San Diego as well, because as soon as they came they back home, to they got home and home, but now, yeah, um, even hey, man, the Blue Jays got to Buffalo with fans wearing Blue Jays gear and it makes a world of difference shift. as well. Listen, yeah, um, and, and the just, thing is, is the players ha- have said that rumble. And again, we talked about this last week when we yeah. talked about the uh, our kind of our mid-season kind of uh, review is they have said that it is extremely mm-hmm. tough on them yeah. not being able to go on their family. So I think you're, you're bang on, Stu. I yeah. said it at the beginning of the season that this was going to be a problem and we're now seeing it come to fruition. Yeah, I've, I've also got a feeling that say, you know, worse comes to worse, they lose a game or they lose two games and it's, you know, all of a sudden the, those playoff spots are now just too far away to be caught up. It may play your, be player young guys. No, it would be a case of um, they play the last game of the season. They thank Atlanta, go back to the hotel, pack everything up, fly to Buffalo and then get a coach from Buffalo to Toronto. And then instead of quarantining in the hotel, they can quarantine with family or, an environment I mean, that's what that's what my neighbors did they they flew from from florida to buffalo oh, is, is that, car is and, that the loophole people are using yeah oh yeah yeah and you can oh. just isolate at home if you're traveling over the land border i mean oh by the time that by the time the season's over the rules might be completely done right i don't know yeah. man. have you seen the ontario government um yeah i watched the press conference today that was quite stuff mind-boggling yeah stuff. um words 
but yeah um i think though the, the important thing it's just it's one of those things where it's like the arrows lose guys but so does everybody else um like at Le- nola's pack's gone it's just it's never as bad as the arrows though yeah exactly but, i think but that's... there is but maybe but like that's the thing though it's like but, maybe... the, but other people are in better like rooney yeah they're, they're, getting, in better they're getting but they're in a much better position they're in better position right now right so i mean it is, and it's going to be like, wouldn't that be something though, man? Of this, like the story would be like, yeah, Mitch Richardson, like leading the team to the playoffs or something. That'd be cool too, right? Yeah, but the, the again, we've talked about the Leafs ruining nice oh, storylines for myself. The, the Toronto Arrows, don't that, that, that's not know, build I'm just saying, I, up. My, my heart has been shut down to nice sports stories. No, what nice kind of Toronto dark? sports stories don't exist anymore to me. I'm dead, that what, is dead to the you... world. What? What? No! Don't bring that darkness onto this. All Did right. the Raptors not happen in 2019? Yeah, but they just played well and they had an MVP. Like that's not that's not like storybook. What what, what? Derek is suggesting yeah. is like, oh my gosh, they're yeah, we're gonna get a we're it. gonna get a Disney Plus series on the Toronto Arrows soon. All right, well, yeah. let's focus be on way the next better than the all game. or nothing on Amazon Prime about the Leafs getting their butts kicked again. So no. Prediction. Can we talk Let's... about the fact that uh, we all got our butts kicked by a freaking coin? Because No, because I want to quickly look at yeah. the next game. Oh, and then we get to talk about how we got our butts kicked by a yes. coin? Yes, yes. We... Yeah. All right. Um, so the Arrows are now going to be playing at home against San Diego next week. Mm-hmm. As it stands, Toronto is 2-0 all-time against San Diego um, yeah. with their two matches in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole this this will be a home fixture. Um, there will be no fans in the stands though, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, I wish. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Um, I I wonder I if it's again part of the like. Yeah, I don't the, know. The, the like venue is just not letting. Them. I just I feel like know. um, if I was like an Atlanta rugby fan, like I wouldn't mind seeing. Well, the America Rugby Pod, the the you know red white yeah, and black were like they wanted tickets. It's it'd be a good matchup. And and you know yeah, they, this was it. This was basically that 2020 final that we were all kind of denied. You know, yeah. there are two teams kind of going in different directions right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, I think this will be a good game. I think that'll be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward. To, I'm always looking forward to watching Sam Wuching play. Yeah, and oh man, yeah. Wuching's great. Um, yeah, Joe Peterson's starting to get, you know. Um, San Diego announced earlier today that they just signed Dan Pryor too. So it'd be interesting to see if he's jumping into the lineup right away. Um, it'd be interesting to see the actual squad that San Diego puts forward yeah. for those kind of yeah. reasons too. And you know, yeah, they're a good team. And now that they've gone back home, they look like they're they're kind of rolling now. So um, they've had two back to back massive victories, and it yeah, it's it'll it'll be tough. It's no fans is interesting. Like I, I don't know if that'll be a little bit of a a nice neutralizer. Um, I think it's nice that the Toronto Arrows don't have to travel as much in the second half of the season. So hopefully that they can benefit from that. It is a noon start. So again, kind of similar to similar, but not as extreme as when they played Seattle. So it's going to feel like 9am to the San Diego Legion players. So um, that could be an advantage. We saw what happened last time. So the arrows were able to take advantage of that. Um, and I think, I think because of that too, like if you're looking at like keys to the game and stuff, get off to a fast start, you know, yeah. strike, strike first, um, and strike often. So, uh, I think, you know, the, the attack we've seen the attack when it's on, it's, you know, it's just kind of, I think at this point, it's just kind of about getting that consistency back because 
like we know they're capable of being one of the uh, the best teams in Major League Rugby, and you know p- put an end to uh, San Diego's little hot streak here, and then you know keep your own playoff hopes alive all in one go. I think would be a big confidence boost for the uh, for the club going forward. Um, I think I think we'll probably end up seeing some lineup changes. I think obviously like Taylor Adams is probably going to be the starting ten again, um, but. You know, I think uh, it should be a fun game, though. Yeah. I'm going to say that this probably isn't the 2020 final we were denied because obviously there's no... Uh, it's not 2020. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Because um, uh, there's no Sam Malcolm playing. There's no Dan Moore, um, who was going to score his uh, final try to win and lift the shield. You've got this all written in your head. This is This was what kept me up during uh, the first lockdown. So, um, how would have it turned out? And Manon, no Manonu as well. And it's not taking place in Toronto. So, clearly, that's it is, it is what it is. I think, um, it's going to be the Legion against the Road Warriors. I think, uh, Arrows, yeah, this it, really it, will it, be the Battle of the Road Warriors. Arrows, Arrows have never lost to San Diego either. So, that is that's the point that we made. And, yeah. But again, this isn't 2019. Um, it's not. It's not the same squad as 2019. Not the same squad as 2020. Different circumstances as all. Um, but I thought. But I agree. I'm hoping for a strong contest. I'm hoping for a strong showing from the Arrows, uh, making that two and zero, three and zero. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I've been a Toronto sports fan uh, just long enough to allow my Welsh pessimism to seep in. And uh, not to get too hand, excited. To be brutally right? honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, say, as long as the arrows don't have a f- like, like I'm, I'm just happy in rugby. It's next to impossible to get a four-one lead. So that's. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. let's finish off, guys, with our prediction. So, yeah, the Toonie kicked our butts. The Toonie was uh, one. Yeah. Two, it, it was perfect. Five and zero. Oh. Five and zero. Oh. It was perfect. None I was one and four. Been, none of us. Off, none of us have had a perfect week yet. Um, the Toonie has though. Good for you, Toonie. I was like proud of myself for being like, ah, hey, I called Atlanta beating LA, yay! And then I'm like, I went like three and two and lost to the Toonie anyways. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, that's that's yeah. devastating. It's it's really like, why are we even on this podcast? The podcast should just be the Toonie. Like, why is it the Toonie the analyst on there? I feel like it's got way too many hot takes. Yeah, yeah. too controversial. Abolish Utah for the motorcycle event. That's probably yeah. what the Toonie would think. Oh, yeah. that's, that's all right. We've got the final uh, final battle of Texas. Houston versus Austin. What do we think, guys? Houston is home. Um, Austin. It's uh I like I don't know. I mean Houston. Every time I pick Houston, they just let me down anyways. Yeah. Um, same. I'm going with Austin. I mean, yeah, just Austin. Yeah. Uh I'm inclined to pick Austin as well because, I mean, I know they have their injury issues as well, mm-hmm. uh, but Houston have just, they're, they're just not seeing the games. Like they're on a, was it a six-match losing streak at the moment? That's a lot, yeah. Let me let me just uh, confirm that just to make absolutely sure. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it's six, but it's a lot. Yeah. Are they going to go for seven? But then again, if we're talking about losing streaks, maybe uh, Austin... Is a contentious one. To, to I can show them the ways. 
Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six. Right. E even though I'm checking it and someone's highlighted the Arrows game and DC game as victories, but I don't know. Anyway. Um, what does yeah. the Toonies say? Yeah, uh, I don't care. What's the Toonies say? Okay, so hmm. head for home, tails for away. The Toonie goes for... Austin. Hey, we might have got one right here, boys. I just trust the I just trust the Toonie. All right. Okay, so this is a spicy one. Um, at in Nola, Nola versus Rugby ATL. If Nola is going to have any chance of making the playoffs, they've got to win this game. What do you guys think? Oh, man! All I'm going to back the clearly the best defense and probably the best team in Major League Rugby. It's rugby ATL. Matt Heaton, just play out of your mind again. Everybody on that team's playing out. Oh, he just do that amazing thing again. Do it, man. He's been he's been one of the best players in the league two weeks in a row right now. So hmm. now this is the thing, because obviously ATL are doing like really well. Uh, Nola are coming back from their final bye week and you know they have a they have a good home record. Um, they pulled it off against Utah, mm -hmm. and uh, but I am gonna yeah I'm gonna have to go to ATL as well. I think they're just more on form. They are currently on a I think it's five match, yeah five match winning streak at the moment, and especially getting the momentum after beating LA, and they've. Uh, um, already beaten New Orleans this season by ten points at home, so yeah, the moment uh, yeah, the momentum's with them, and um, so is my choice. Yes, I'm also going ETL. All right, let's see if the Toonie says otherwise. I'll do that again. Well, he can't drop it. It's like coin flip rules one on one there. They're going for Nola. Ah. Damn it. All right, so we're zero and one. We're uh, one and one right now, boys. Okay, should should we flip the two now? Because I think I know what all three of us are going to say for this game. Flip the two. Do we? Do we know what everyone's going to say? Yeah, Dan, we do. Well, the well, the Tooney well, goes for Toronto. Ada. All right, Dan, what were you going to say? Curious now. You you went in on that. I think I'm going to go with San Diego. All right. That's well, if there's anything that I have learned on this podcast is the Toonie knows way more about rugby than you. So even if I wasn't a huge Arrows fan. Listen, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But now I that I'm hearing the Toonie is picking opposite of this traitor, then I'm definitely back in Toronto now because there's no way Dan's going to be right. So, Well, Dan, as I've picked against Toronto twice, I'm not going to be as vicious as Derek. Right, you should take that hat off, man. You don't deserve to wear it. Let me finish, Derek. No, no. Dan should take the hat off. He doesn't deserve to wear it. You're, you're cool, Stu. You can keep your hat on. Okay. I Just because of history's sake and because of the home advantage, I'm going to go for Toronto. Sake, home advantage? Both of those are baloney. We talk about history. They're undefeated because it was in one season. The San Diego team is completely different. Completely different animal. I I I'm sorry, but for us to say that they're undefeated because of one season. Oh, games. oh, coming from the guy that always brings up how they've never beaten Nola. 
Yeah, but they also lost again this year. Yeah, but you were bringing it up all the time before this year, too. It's the same thing. No. All right. I don't think it's the same thing. For the sake of all our mental health, let's move on to the the next game. If they lost again to NOLA this year, I would agree with you. But they have. You were saying it before they lost to NOLA, too. That was part of the storyline going into the game. You find the podcast clippings, and I will eat easily. I'll do it. I edit them. I know where they are. Yeah, he edits it. Shoot. I shouldn't have said that. Mm. So, New England versus DC. Whatever the Tooney flips, I'm taking them. So, yeah. I'm going to say New England. I I like New England. I think that they've got a strong uh, system now, and they're getting in their groove. Have they played each other yet? Yeah, DC won by six. Ooh, that's a close game. But that was at Segra Field. This game will be at Union Point. The the fortress that is Union Point. Yeah, that's why I'm going for New England as well. You know, the home field. Let's talk about home field advantage that we know is working because they're currently undefeated at home. And and DC, uh, you know, especially after the last game against uh, New York, um, you know, they've... They had uh, seven points. What was it? No, wait. Eight points, sorry. Against Houston and then Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was by four, but... <sighs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with New England. And let's see the Tooney picks. The Tooney will choose D.C. DC it is. I'm picking DC. No justification for rugby reasons other than yeah. any any more space on that bandwagon you're jumping on? Hey man, he clearly they, they knows more than us. All right, last game. This is a kind of an interesting one. Seattle coming off the bye. Already has the win against Utah this year, but Utah is just on a roll. Yeah, I'm saying Utah. I was gonna say I'm saying Utah too. Yeah, not, not waiting for the Tooney? I'm no. shocked. No, I'm not waiting for the Tooney. You know what? Because I'm already so much in a hole this season, I'm going to go with Seattle. You know, Why not? You know, you're, you're in a hole because you're picking teams that don't win. So, like, okay, I, I just put the Tooney up and it didn't flip. It just stayed flat. Just <laughs> you're rigging this, though. No. The Tooney goes for Seattle. Oh. And it's also a home game, which, again, their last game against Rugby ATL wasn't great. So just to be clear, but, though, uh, if anybody decides to head over to Cool Bet and bet based on what we say, you're picking Austin, NOLA, Toronto, D.C., and Seattle this week. Just yeah. In case anyone is wondering, just to be clear, <laughs> that's what you go with. Listen to the Toonie, not to us. And don't listen to us. Yeah, no, we don't know anything about rugby. We know some things about the rugby. We know nothing about guessing. And you know what? In all fairness, you look at across the board and everyone's had a rough year. So it's not just it, us. Yeah, the, the, to- the Toonie beat everybody this week. Yeah, the Toonie everyone. beat everybody. I don't think I saw anyone else with a perfect week. It just makes me feel shame. <laughs> <laughs> what a league. Congre- you know what, George Killebrew, well done, man. You said you wanted parody. Coin- oh, God, you got it. Coin- coins are better at picking games than... You know, nerds with podcasts are. <laughs> well, guys, that's all we have. Expert, but we are definitely not. We're far from experts. So that was yeah. Like, 
that I was like, well, that's, a fan, that's, that's the beauty of, of calling this. That's the beauty of calling this a fan made podcast is we take all the responsibility of calling ourselves professionals out that out the window and not having to worry about that. We're just, we're just nerds. With that mics would be a lot. Yeah, exactly. We pay, we pay however much to buy some microphones <laughs> and, and a zoom account. Thank you. Gary. Yeah. You're welcome guys. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's all we have for tonight. Um, We've got an interesting uh, weekend of rugby ahead of us. The the this quote unquote rivalry weekend that uh, people are trying to push. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, if you guys are interested in listening to more of our our podcast episodes, we're available on almost all the podcast streaming services. Um, we're available on YouTube for video playback if that's your thing. We're on all the social media platforms. So give us give us you know a holler on on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Who should we interview next? Um, leave us a review on the podcast platforms or on YouTube. We love to see people kind of give their opinions on how we can shape and change this this show because that is uh, we we are for the people by the people, right, guys? Yeah, definitely. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I'm just here for the tuning. That's all. I'm for. Hopefully, all next right. episode's happier. <laughs> <laughs>